Hi everyone, welcome back. In part one, I gave you a pretty good idea of my introduction into the health and fitness arena. And it's been a wonderful journey. And we're going to try to carry on with several parts of this so you'll get a pretty good understanding of my background from my very beginning, my very inception, to where I am today. In part one, we left off where I was a young young boy, uh, due to family circumstances, moved from New York to California. And that's where my eyes opened up really uh, to fitness and a completely different health-oriented lifestyle. And in this uh, part two, we're going to pick up of what led me back to New York and my further journey again into the health and fitness arena. Uh, At the time, uh, I was living in California. I lived there from about 13 or 14 years old to about 16 or 17. My memory's not specifically clear on it. My father worked uh, for the government and he was working for an Air Force base in upstate New York, Rome, New York, and he had a chance to go to California, and thus we all packed up and we moved to uh, Sacramento, California, where he did more government work. To make a very long story and quite sad story short, uh, my father had a chance to do some work in Vietnam in 1968. And again, to make a very sad story short, he was tragically killed there. Upon my dad's death, my mother and I I had to regroup. I have two sisters and they remarried, so it was quite a a shock to everyone. And my mother uh, decided that we should move back east to be near family and friends. So we sold our home in Sacramento and we moved back to New York. This is a very important part of my story because California had become such an integral part of my life. I loved everything about it. And my dad had great plans for me and our family to stay in California. Uh, Everything from my schooling to ideas of what I could do with my life. And that was all just turned upside down. So now I found myself back in upstate New York, Utica, Syracuse, Rome area, and I was not happy. But I was still studying and learning and exercising and reading and had a voracious appetite for anything fitness related. My body made some fantastic changes from being a scrawny kid at 13 to about 16 or 17. I was developing a, a really, really terrific physique. And it was nice to go from really being an insecure guy a kid, you know, that gawky kid with the glasses, skinny, to having, I mean, people were stopping me, asking me, do you work out? What do you do? Wow, your arms are big. And it was great. And it was just a whole other side of life, which I had never experienced, again, being so thin. So I tried to acclimate my best into uh, New York, but I knew someday I would return to California. I just, the fire in my being and my, my, my fiber was there. I wanted to go back, but I had to. I was too young to move, and I wanted to go to school and do a few things first. So jumping ahead, uh, finished my schooling there. I went to college in upstate New York, and I said, I'm going to have a plan. I'm going to reenter 
California. I'm going to come back, not specifically to bodybuild or to become a lifter or anything like that. I, I still wanted to continue it, but at the time, you have to remember in the in the 60s and 70s, I mean, fitness was, I mean, there was no fitness. There was just pieces of it around little aerobics, little weights. It wasn't where it is today, so I couldn't even foresee making a career of it. I didn't want to do anything uh, through an academic level and work in a hospital or uh, be a physical therapist. I wanted something a little broader than that. So around 1976, after saving some money up, uh, I decided to make my move back to California, which was, uh, I look back at it at this time, I really don't know how I did it. I had no fear. I had only sporadically gone to Los Angeles with my family, and I really didn't know a lot about it. So I had a foot, uh, a foot locker and a suitcase and a little bit of money, and I took a plane out to California, and my journey was to begin again. It felt great just to be back. It was like landing, like being home again. So when I got back to California, I was familiar with Vince's gym, which is uh, my great mentor, which we'll get into a little bit. And I landed there. It was in Studio City, California. And then through a a series of events, I got an apartment. Eventually, I got uh, a pretty good job, bought a car, and I was now technically living in Los Angeles. And needless to say, in 1976, I was enjoying not only the weather, but all the fruits of the pretty ladies in social life, and I was having a great, great time. So again, I'm still lifting, but the, one of the big transitions of my body is that happened was a dear friend of mine, who was actually like a father figure to me after my dad passed away. Um, I was very large; I was about 205 pounds, and and because I'm, my metabolism. At the time, was so fast. I would, I'd, I'd have to force feed my body with food, just to keep on muscle. I was eating six, seven times a day, lifting heavy. It was a chore to maintain that type of body. So a friend of mine, again a father figure to me, said we sat down, we had a talk, and he was wishing me well before my move. And he said, Don, are you going to enter bodybuilding shows? What's your? I says, No, I have no interest in it. And he goes, You know, I would suggest to you you know, trimming down and trying to maintain a physique that's good and athletic and symmetrical and proportioned, etc. But maybe something you could maintain the rest of your life. And I said, wow, that's a, a good point. Again, for me to maintain that higher weight of muscle weight, it was just eating every day, training, very hard to do. So when I got to California, I remember the day before I moved, I was about a very solid 200 pounds. So I got to California and I decided to back off from daily weight training. I trained about two days a week, three days a week. Didn't force feed my body with food and just kind of ate a a very healthy, clean, normal diet and the weight just flew off me. Not body fat, but muscle weight. Remember, muscle will only stay on your body if you put it under a demand and and, and not to digress but the best example I can give you is anybody who's put their their leg in a cast 
Six to eight weeks later, when the cast is removed, the leg is totally atrophied. Why? It had not been put under in demand. So by me backing off from my training, my body just had no great demand. It was being fed the calories and the protein, and I went down to about 168 pounds. And I says, wow. I wasn't that thin guy again. It was a very tight, muscular 168 pounds. And if you have muscle on your body, it will play larger as far as you'll look heavier. So my 168 pounds looked like about 180, 185. I was very happy with my physique. But when I went back east to visit family and friends, they said, wow, what happened to you? It was that much of a, a dramatic change. So getting back to where I was at that time, I was working a pretty good job and enjoying myself and uh, working out and making the adjustment to California. So I, I think I mentioned in part one, there are a few pivot points in everybody's life which are life-changing for good and for bad. So one of the fortuitous things which happened to me one day, I'll never forget it, and it's some 50 years later. I was in an elevator in an office building, and um, a girl I would see occasionally turned to me and says, Hey, God, what do you do for your waist? It's so tiny. And I says, uh, What do you mean? She goes, Well, I don't know. I can't seem to get in shape. And what do you do? And I said, I, I guess I could show you a couple things. I have to remember at this time, there were not a lot of gyms out there. There was nothing. There was a gym here, a gym there. It wasn't like it was today where... I mean, I counted eight gyms on one block the other day. So <clears throat> I met her at her gym, and um, I showed her a couple things, how to do some abdominal exercises, a couple diet tips, and was getting ready to go. And she said, what can I pay you? I said, pay me? I said, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. And she said, I have to pay you something. You, had, you spent an hour and a half with me. So I said, how about $5? And she said, yeah, okay. So she gave me $5. And that was the first incident of me being compensated for my fitness knowledge. I didn't think anything of it. Now, at the time I was living, and this is how it all started to come together, luckily, I was living in an apartment complex called Oakwood Garden Apartments. And they were mainly for single people. It was like a a singles environment, a swinging singles, parties, everything. It was incredible. I think everybody in uh, the Oakwood I was living at was single, young. So it was a real party environment. So the selling point of Oakwood was not only the uh, beautiful garden apartments and you're going to be with your peers and young people. It was they would have a tremendous amount of activities. Monday night would be tennis instruction night. Tuesday would be rum tasting night. Thursday would be water polo games, uh, Friday would be uh, pool instruction. It was wonderful. They wanted to keep the young people within the complex active. So I, <clears throat> I had an idea. I said, why don't I, because it really inspired me that that young lady would pay me $5 for a little bit of instruction. I said, hmm, why don't I uh, talk to the manager of the complex? and ask her uh, an idea I had. And I went to her and I said, her name was Phyllis. I said, Phyllis, you know, you know my background in working out and everything. I said, why don't you put in the weekly 
you know, they had a nice sheet. It was it was red and it had all the activities for the week. I said, could you, there's nothing next Thursday. Could you put exercise with Don in the uh, rec room? And she goes, yeah, I'll do it. And she put a little blurb in the, um, you know, the, the flyer. And it says, Thursday, exercise with Don. I thought, you know, a couple people were going to show up. But 100 people showed up. I go, wow, I didn't know what to do. I, so I kind of stumbled my way through it. And I charged everybody uh, $5. And I made $500 off of uh, one hour's work. And it says, hmm, it gave me an idea. Now... The Oakwood Gardens complex, uh, there were about 15 of them around Southern California within driving distance to me. Uh, Mine was in Sherman Oaks. There was one in Toluca Lake. There was one in, uh, I believe it was Calabasas. There was one in Malibu. They were all over. So I went to my manager and she says, wow, you had quite a success with that, Don. And I said, Phyllis, could you call up all the other managers, do me a great favor, and ask if I could have my exercise class at the other Oakwoods. And she goes, yes, I'll be more than happy to do it. So I literally had established relationships with every single Oakwood. I think it was 12. Well, I was running around Monday night. I was in Sherman Oaks teaching. Tuesday, I was at uh, Malibu. And Wednesday, I was in Toluca Lake. It was fantastic. I was in the gym business without owning a gym. And it was fantastic. And it was very tiring because I was working my day job and teaching and running around to these oak woods at night. And it was it was it was good. Thank God I was young. So I remember um a couple people had approached me and they said, Don, I love the class, but you know, I kind of feel self conscious about my body and men and women, and they said, could you maybe stop by my apartment and give me, uh, you know, uh, me and my wife and private instruction, and we don't, we feel, you know, we're, we're, we're a little overweight, we don't want to put on gym clothes. I said, sure, of course, but I said, you know, I can't do it for $5, and, it, and I just blurted out, I can do it for $30, and he said, yeah, f- great, fine. So I was not only teaching at the Oakwoods, but I was developing a private clientele of actually going to the person's, at the time it was their apartment, and giving them a private exercise and nutrition consolation, and it was it was this, it was really terrific. So from that point, um, it was just going great, and I couldn't see how I could expand it anymore. But I said, you know, I really there's maybe people were asking me to um, work with them during the daytime hours, so I made a big big decision, and I quit my job. And it was great because I had total freedom. I was doing what I wanted, when I wanted, teaching, helping people. And it led me to just um, being for the first time self-employed. Now, in part three, I will tell you the next wonderful part of my journey where I went from giving private instruction and I met a really super guy and we got into customized exercise equipment. It's really the next pivot point of my journey. So we're going to conclude here and part three is coming up. Look out for it.